Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. In uh, our schedule of uh, things, on our messages, we uh, we had finished up a series, uh, about a ten week series, uh, dealing with what we call life verses, where people uh, were sharing their favorite verses, and then I would uh, bring a, a message uh, behind that, <clears throat> and, and then we had uh, uh, me being in the prison along with some of the other guys doing prison ministry over at Alexander a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I had the chance to speak in there. Had I not had the chance to speak in there, last week we had a guest speaker for our motorcycle Sunday. Had I not had the chance to speak in the prison, I would really be pinned up a little bit, uh, you know, today. Because I don't like to go that many, uh, that many weeks. Uh, we're not going to start our new series until a week after next because Outflow is uh, coming up next Sunday. And since we had a standalone week and we're looking at doing an Outflow Sunday uh, again next week, I, I wanted just to kind of spend a day r- reminding us some things about uh, why we're going to do what we do uh, next week as we uh, uh, meet here. Uh, most of you had an opportunity to be involved in our last outflow. Uh, some of you maybe missed that opportunity. And uh, what we're going to do next Sunday, we'll meet here at 10 o'clock in the morning. We will not have an 8.30 service. Uh, we will not have the 10.30 uh, worship service here. Uh, we'll meet here at 10 o'clock, uh, sing a song, take the offering up, be sure everyone understands your assignments, uh, where you're going to go and serve, and then we're going out to serve uh, pretty much all day long. Uh, weather permitting, we're going to try and have the concert again in the parking lot at Walmart. And that went really well last time. Had a lot of people uh, come to the concert. There'll be all kinds of opportunities you can tell by that form we had in the updates that you can sign up uh, to serve in various capacities. Uh, we'll have people here fixing uh, sandwiches to be uh, taken out to uh, feed uh, those of you that are serving. Uh, by the way, we had a lot of barbecue left over last week. We put it in the freezer. So instead of cold cuts, you're going to have a barbecue sandwich next week whenever you're out serving uh, somewhere. So we need people to help here uh, put the sandwiches together. We need people to help keep preschool children uh, who are left here while the parents go out and serve. And then we need people serving in all those various capacities that, uh, that we're giving you the opportunity uh, to, to serve. As we go to do this uh, next week, and not just next week, man, any time you're trying to serve someone, I hope you'll remember these words of Jesus. Because Jesus said in, uh, in Matthew 25 and verse 40, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So anyone you hand a bottle of water to next week, or you clean their windshield off, or you push your cart, or you uh, help pay some of their gas, we're doing the gas buy down again, uh, whatever you do uh, next week at all those various locations, I hope you'll remind yourself, the person that you're serving, it's as though you're doing it to Jesus. And if you'll look at people like that, it will revolutionize the way you look at people. And uh, we're, we're wanting to do this also, not just to have outflow Sundays. We want to we want to adopt a culture. We hope by, by giving you the chance to do this on Sunday on maybe a quarterly basis or so, that you'll buy into the fact that you ought to be outflowing every day of your life. You ought to keep your eyes open trying to find ways to minister to people and, uh, and, and to love people. So before we go any further, I want to uh, share with you a, uh, a letter. At least I think I will. 
Okay. Um, that we received all about a, about a week and, uh, or so back. Um, some of our church members went out to do the laundromat ministry uh, again. <clears throat> matter of fact, the weekend that I was in the prison uh, doing the prison ministry on uh, which I think would have been the 13th, and that's the same day she wrote the letter. Uh, so they were out handing out quarters, at, at bags of quarters at the laundromat, uh, trying to minister to people and help people. And we received this letter. It said, Dear Pastor and members of Day 3 Church, I want to thank you uh, for the bag of quarters given to me while at Sunshine Laundromat in Longview, uh, North Carolina. Uh, it was not that many, but it was much to me, underlined much to me. Uh, God bless you all. Uh, I'm a widow who doesn't have much income since my husband died a few years ago, almost penniless. Most people uh, do not want to hire an older person such as I am. Uh, thus, it's been hard to make it. Every little bit helps. It was quite a surprise. A very ni- nice gentleman from your church uh, came up to me and gave me a bag of quarters. It certainly helped this older lady more than you realize, and she underlined uh, that statement. Uh, therefore, I just wanted to thank you and your church uh, for the nice gesture of pay it forward uh, with a show of love and service to the community, along with an invitation to your church. And the statement of have a nice day uh, with the quarters was wonderful. May your church continue to be blessed. Uh, gratefully, Carolyn uh, H. Litta. And I, I thought y'all would like to, uh, to hear that. I know Kevin that kind of helped put that together. Man, you like to hear, you know, a response from that. And uh, uh, that's, that's why we need to do more things like that, to try and minister uh, to people that, that, that have needs. And we want it to be the normal thing that you think about day in and day out, not just when we're doing uh, an, an Outflow Sunday. Uh, I wanted to revisit outflow, but we're going to talk about inflow today also. Those are the two things that we're going to talk about. But I want to revisit outflow just to kind of remind us what we're talking about because several months ago we did a series entitled Outflow. If you remember during that time, we were using the image of a four-tier fountain. Uh, and the top part of that fountain, the top basin, represented our lives. That middle spout represented the Holy Spirit pouring into us. And we ought to allow God to naturally fill us. Uh, to where we overflow to our family and friends. That's the next basin down. Where we overflow to our community. That was the third basin down. And and the last basin was the uttermost part uh, of the world. So you have the idea of God through that spout filling us. That's where the the thought of inflow comes from. But specifically, today I want you to think of inflow in the terms of how we can inflow within the walls of this church. We go outside this church to outflow, but we also need to inflow uh, here within the church to have uh, the ministry <clears throat> that we need to have here. <coughs> excuse me, in order to out, in order to uh, uh, outflow into the community in, in the way that we should. So let's talk about <coughs> inflow uh, to begin with. And um, I already read that. I'm sorry. Uh, next one. In inflow. It is ministry inside the structure of the local church is what I want to talk to you about uh, for a few minutes. In other words, there are things here that we need to do within this church, within the ministries of the church that take place here that we need to be about. Uh, these two things really go hand in hand. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this, but, but we need to inflow here in order that we might be prepared to outflow. And the more we outflow, hopefully we'll reach new people. And that means we need to inflow 
to help disciple people to where they're prepared to go out in outflow. So these two concepts that we're talking about today really go hand in hand. It's like a, uh, like a never-ending circle uh, that needs to keep going. So as you think about inflow ministry inside the church, I want you to get in your mind a building project. Now, when I say building project, I'm not talking about building a new building uh, as far as uh, building expansion or facility expansion. I'm, I'm talking about ministry expansion. Uh, so get in your mind this concept of a building project because the Bible uh, presents us the idea of the church kind of being uh, like a building or, or part of a temple or part of a household. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now, you see all those construction sounding terms that he uses right there? He's using an analogy of the church, the local body of believers, being like a, a building. Uh, and we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, but most of all, Jesus, he's the cornerstone. Anyone that's ever uh, looked into building or been around building very much, you'll lay a cornerstone in order to you know, pull a line over to another corner. Uh, your dad made you do that, didn't he? Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> now I'm going to be strangled on the water. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Something stronger. <laughs> um, I've never seen that recently. Huh? Um, <clears throat> but in order to pull a line from one corner to the other corner where you've got a straight foundation, <clears throat> Jesus is the cornerstone to, to keep us lined up with him. <clears throat> to be the foundation that we need to build our lives upon, not just as individuals, but as a church body. So I just want you to, to kind of briefly, because I'll come back to that uh, concept in a moment, but I want you to just kind of think about that, that, that the church is like a, like a building, and, and we're interconnected like a wall, we're attached to each other, and we're supposed to be building up ourselves together. So just kind of bear that in, in mind. Second thing, as we're talking about this inflow, I want you to think about finding your ministry role. Uh, the, the Bible not only talks about the church being like a building, it also talks about the church being like a body, like a physical body. And as we read this scripture, you'll notice that just like the various parts of our body have roles that they're performed, uh, so that ought to be true within the church uh, too. So here in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, And he gave, talking about God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Now I'll come back to verse 13 and read it in a moment, but I want to call time out here just for a minute and kind of talk about what's already been said. Because regrettably, many, many churches uh, approach ministry the wrong way. I'm, I'm afraid a lot of churches or church people have the idea, well, if we can just hire enough staff, they go do the ministry and they'll take care of everything that needs to take place. And there's nothing wrong with having staff because staff can benefit a church and fill different roles, but a church can never be 
as effective by just having staff to do ministry as they can be if every part of the body does ministry. You understand that? If each and every person is fulfilling the role that they have. He says, it goes on in verse 13, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine. In other words, we ought to be helping each other grow so we understand what false doctrine is and won't be tricked and deceived and things like that. But then in verse 15, it says, rather speaking the truth in love. And we need to really, really remember that because sometimes a lot of church people don't have prob- problems speaking the truth. They just don't do it with the right motive or in the right way. They don't do it with love. And that keeps the body from being built up. So it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So there he tells us twice to build ourselves up in love. But, but you get this image, because I'm going to read on in, in Corinthians in just a moment. But he's telling us that the church is like a building, but he's also telling us the church is like a, a body. Now, now, more specifically, as we read on in Corinthians, we'll get an idea about the, the different parts of the body. It, it said in, in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, in other words, just like we have human physical bodies made up of different parts that have different responsibilities, uh, he says, and and all all are members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So he's saying, so it is with the body of Christ, so it is with, with, with the church. Then picking up in verse 14, it says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the foot should say, and I'm not going to necessarily read all that, but it's more or less saying if the foot says to the hand or, or the, the ear to the nose, da, 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 if we act like we don't need the rest of the part of the body, we do because all that makes up significant parts of the body. In other words, my body would be hindered with the capabilities to do certain things if I didn't have all the members of the body. And the same thing is true of the church. If we don't have all the members of the church body, Filling the position in carrying out their talents and their roles in the way that God would have them to, then that hinders the the church body. It goes on. Uh, just go on to the next next slide, please. And it says, "Where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear? Where would the sense of smell?" But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. Now apply that in two ways before I keep reading. Our bodies are like they are with two ears, two eyes, a nose, a mouth, you know, hands, feet, because that's the way God made you. You realize that. God's the one that created you. He's the one that designed you. So, so that's why you have all these features, all these, all these working parts. In the same way, God also arranges members in the church the way he desires them to be there. Because we all have different abilities, different talents, we, we don't all necessarily do the same thing or are good at the same thing. I, I would love to be able to call, you know, John up and say, John, I'd like to play the guitar and sing on stage. It's probably not going to happen. You know, you have to be gifted a little bit more that direction. Landon did a good job, you know, uh, uh, doing that. 
But it, it takes people that, that are using the, the town and the ability that they have. In order for us to be the body of Christ that, that he wants us to be. He's the one that is planting people in the church. If God has sent you, if he's planted you to be a part of day three church, he did more than tell you just to come in and sit down and wait till Jesus comes. He, he put you here for a reason. You, you have talents and purposes, just like the different parts of our bodies do. And, and there's a reason for those, and there's a reason for you. And there's a reason for you right within the local church for you to use those, those talents and abilities that God's given you. It says if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And yet the eye can't say, I have no need of you. And again, the head of the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weak are, are indispensable. And all those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor uh, in our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. But here, all this bold stuff that I've underlined is the important stuff I want you to see t- today. But, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Because we're a part of the same body. I've used this illustration before when I, when I preach this text. You, you and I may not think our little toe is that important until you stump it in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden you realize, hey, it sent a message up the nerves to the head that says that didn't feel too good. You know, so in, in the same way, we are to minister to each other. We're to care for each other. We're to suffer if someone else suffers. We're, we're to rejoice if someone else is honored in some way because we're, we're part of, of the body. But, I, but I'm, wanting to get, I'm wanting you just to get this image, this picture that, that he's presented before us about, about the church being like a body. I, I need all my working parts. Do you? I mean, even though some of them don't work as good as they used to, you know, still need them. In, in the same way, the church needs everyone doing their part Filling the role of ministry that they can fill. And, and if we fail to do that, just like a body would be hindered, if all of a sudden I did not have access to my foot or access to my hands or my eyes, that would hinder the way I can function. The, the church also will not function and perform to the way that they should unless every part of the body, each member, is meeting the role, the reason God placed you here within the church, and where you can use your gifts and your talents. Someone said, well, that's talking about the church universal. That's the body of Christ. It is, but at the same time, I don't know if you realize this or not, about 90% of what we're told to do in the New Testament, we cannot do unless we do it in the confines of a local church. We, We do have the church universal, But the organism, so to speak, of us functioning in the way that God wants us to is in a local church. For you to be able to bring to bear the talents that God has given you. But if part of that body is missing, it causes that body to limp or to kind of be handicapped or to be less than it should be. 
All I'm trying to tell you on this inflow stuff, before we get to the outflow stuff, is that for Day 3 Church to be as effective and be the church that God wants it to be, He puts you here for a reason. You have gifts and talents that you can use. And we need everybody using their gifts and talents, filling the part in the body that they're supposed to be. And short of that, we will limp through ministry instead of being the the church we ought to be. Does that make sense? Not only do you need to find your role, you also need to be filling your ministry whole. I told you a minute ago, I was going to come back to this building concept. Paul wrote about the church being like a building. So does Peter also write about the church being similar to a building. And he writes these words in in 1 Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, talking about Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Paul talked about the church being like a building. Peter talks about the church being like a building, even being like a a, a temple. But like I said with the body a moment ago, let's think about the church as a building. What happens if bricks in the wall... If stones in the wall all of a sudden are missing. If you go to a wall that has bricks there and you keep taking a brick out one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, what happens eventually to that wall? It's going to fall, probably, isn't it? The the wall that has holes in it like that loses the integrity and the strength of the structure. And a, a church that, that doesn't have all the bricks in place, all the stones in place, if people are missing from their place in the building project, this spiritual building project called the church, then, then it hinders the church from, from being all that it should be. Just like I said a moment ago, if there's a, a body part missing from the body, it hinders the body. And if there, there are people missing from their roles in this in this temple, this building that God is building up, that, that he calls the church, if there are people missing, that also keeps us from growing as we ought to grow, being as strong as we ought to be. In a practical way, I'm just saying we, we need more of you doing more stuff. We can always use more children's teachers, and you can talk to Daryl about that. Daryl's over our volunteer ministry, also over our our children's ministry, but right now we've got some teachers that are on a fairly quick rotation basis uh, because we don't have enough teachers. And some of those are getting burned out, and it's wrong to burn somebody out, you know, and someone else just kind of come and sit and, and soak in and enjoy the music and everything else, and them not pull their, their role. So I'm, I'm just telling you, we could use more people there. We could use more people probably in about everything we do, you know. You might be thinking already about next Sunday on Outflow. Well, they've probably got enough people signed up to do all that stuff. Probably not. You know, we can use you wherever if you can come and give us the time to go and serve in those positions. We can use more people planning to lead small groups. You know, small groups, the idea behind small groups is like cell growth, like our body grows. And if you just have 
the same cell and it never expands and it never grows. You don't have the growth process taking place. So if you're in a small group right now, instead of you planning in the spring to sit around and be really comfortable because you like your small group, what you really need to pray about is saying, God, do you want me to lead a small group in my home or at the church or in someone else's home to where we offer more sales, where we offer more growth, more possibilities to reach people? We, we can use people in all of those capacities. We can use people doing things like just managing the, the kitchen upstairs, you know, helping to be sure we've got supplies. There are all kinds of things. Some of you have good administrative gifts. You, you can use those here. Some of you have good computer gifts. You can use those here. If God's planted you, I'm just telling you, he put you here to be part of a body. He put you here to be part of a building, not a church building, but the church that is a temple being built up upon Jesus. And, and, and he's calling you to, to do that. We need more givers so we can meet our budget needs and, and do more ministry that God's called us to. See, if, if, I, if the church is like a body, imagine for a minute if some of my cells in the body start thinking, you know what, I'm not going to give to you or give here or give there. Uh, I'm just going to hold it to myself. It would be an unhealthy body. It wouldn't be growing like it should be if one of my cells decided, I'm going to keep all the nutrition for myself. And in the same way it is within the church. For us to be the church that we need to be, we, we need everyone engaged, everyone doing their part in order for us to inflow as we should, to build each other up as we should, to love each other as we should, to minister to each other as we should. We need to inflow better to prepare us to outflow. Does that make sense? So we can be more filled up here before we, before we outflow. That's the inflow part. Let's talk about outflow. Outflow is the ministry outside the structure of the church. What we are planning to do next week to go in, in, in outflow, to go out and try and do little life touches, to do little things to let people know someone cares, someone loves them, someone wants to try and help them. There are three main things I want you to think about as, as we think about outflow. First of all, what are our goals? Why, why do this? Why shut down next Sunday? Why go out and spend all Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, trying to minister to people, trying to do things for people? What, what are our goals? Well, first of all, the goal ought to be to please God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10 says, so, so whether we are home or away, and he's talking about whether you're dead or alive at that point in heaven or here, he, he says wherever we are, we make it our aim to please him. But that's what our goal is next week. It's not for you to go out and please yourself. See, some of you will get assigned to places that maybe might not have been your first pick. And instead of thinking, well, I didn't get to go where I wanted to go and do what I wanted to do, you need to realize this. It's not about your pleasure. It's about pleasing God. It's about doing what we can to bring pleasure to Him. And then it says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So there's also accountability bringing to bear there. Why, why are we going to do what we do to please God? But there's an accountability factor where it says one day we're going to stand before him. Now some people are thinking, well, I, man, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I thought I was going to miss that judgment thing. But it's also called the judgment, something called the judgment seat of Christ. Dad, I don't think it's necessarily a cakewalk. <laughs> because there, 
he's going to be giving out rewards or the lack of rewards and stuff, and we'll, we'll give an answer for what we did in, in, in the body. In other, in other words, we're accountable to do some things for Jesus, and if we miss those opportunities, then we might see those opportunities one day and regret that we didn't follow through, that we didn't do what he called us to do. Not only are we to please God, we're also to persuade others. Guys, that's what our goal is as we go outside the walls of this church. Yes, we want them to understand, hey, we care about you. Here's $5 to use toward your groceries. Or here's $5 to use toward your gas. Or let me clean your wheelchair. Or let me push your, your car back. Or here's some cold water. Whatever you might be doing. Yes, we're doing that to let them know somebody cares and somebody loves them. But here's the ultimate reason why we're doing it. To persuade them. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Some translations say, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord. What's that talking about? It's talking about this. God's a holy God. And he cannot accept sin. And since he's a holy God and he must judge sin, you can make the choice of saying no to Jesus all of your life and one day you face a punishment for your sin or You can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and He accepted the punishment for your sin already as He died on the cross. And if He's done that for you, and you realize God is a holy God, and hell is a real place, we don't talk a lot about that in this day and time, do we? People think, oh, we've moved beyond that. No, we've not. There's there's a hell that's just as real as it's always been. And people without Jesus will spend eternity there. So the reason you and I go outside these walls to outflow is in reminder of understanding lost people die without Jesus and spend eternity separated from him in a place of eternal suffering. That's why our goal is as we go out, we're going out to please God, but we're going out to try and persuade others to believe in the same Jesus we believe in. To try and convince them that that they need to trust in Jesus themselves. That's our goals. Why don't you look at outflow controls? We're going to continue reading in, in Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5. What should kind of control us, cause us to outflow? Paul writes these words, For the love of Christ controls us. Some translations say constrains us. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one talking about Jesus has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. What ought to control us? What what should constrain us? What should force us to want to go out and outflow and touch the lives of other people for Jesus? So the love of Christ controls us. You and I operate in under the awareness that Jesus so loved us, he died on the cross. And in response, our love for Jesus compelling us, constraining us to go out in outflow and minister to others. I don't have it on the screen, but the word for control or constrain, depending on your translation, means to hold together. The love of Jesus ought to hold us together, constrain us to to outflow to reach others. The word also meant to compress is with a 
a siege. The, the awareness of the love of Jesus, him dying on the cross for us, all to kind of lay siege to our lives, to where we're compelled to reach out to others, to outflow to others. The word meant to arrest as a prisoner. I mentioned earlier that um, on the 11th through the 14th, there's about six of us along with about 40 uh, men from other churches. We went in Alexander Prison, and this is about my fifth time going in uh, for Cairo's prison ministry. One thing I've noticed about prisoners, they do what they're told when they're told. <laughs> they have their schedule managed for them. They're told when they eat. They're told when the lights go out. They're told when they can do this, when they can do that. They're under control of those that run the prison. Think about that in terms of what he says here about the love of Christ. The love of Christ, what Jesus did for us, ought to take us prisoner. And we ought to be directed and compelled by his love. And you and I respond in obedience just like a prisoner to his love. The word in the Greek that's used here for control or constraints also meant to preoccupy yourself with. In other words, we ought to sit around and be preoccupied. We ought to think about the love of, of Jesus. You've done that before. You, do you remember when you were maybe dating your spouse and you'd sit around and just start thinking about your spouse? You're kind of preoccupied with, with that person. I can remember when Becky and I were, were, were dating. Uh, I, I remember sometimes at night praying that, uh, that God would let me marry Becky and that she would be my wife. We were at a wedding uh, last night. I alluded to a few moments ago. And there was a, a time at the wedding, it was outside of the Broyhill house. Uh, and there was a time uh, during the reception that they invited couples to come up and, and, and dance. Well, I've already been thinking about, yeah, every time I do a wedding, it makes me think about, you know, when, when I married Becky and uh, Hank, the groom, started crying when he was talking to Tara. And I had to, I had to start thinking about something else because if the groom starts crying, he'll mess me up. And I'll start crying. So I had to kind of start trying to think about something else. But anyway, they call couples up to dance. Uh, I'm not much of, of, of a dancer. I'm of the opinion white men can't dance, okay? Uh, but uh, anyway, they, they were calling us up, and Bethany, my daughter, was kind of shaming me to take Becky up there almost. So we go up with a lot of the other couples and, uh, you know, kind of try to hide to where people can't really see, you know, uh, how bad we dance or anything like that. And after we get up there, I find out what they're going to do to us. Because the day I start saying, if you've been married uh, less than a, than a year, sit down. If you've been married less than two or three years, sit down. If you've been married less than five years, sit down. I'm sitting there, I'm looking around the crowd, and I'm thinking, man, we've been married 38 years. We're going to be up here a while. Number one, I can't hide anymore. Everybody's leaving me. You know, I can't hide where I'm at. And I'm starting to look around. I'm thinking, we may be the last ones up here. We were not. A, a couple was there. They'd been married for 44 years. But I'm just telling you, through that whole process, it was reminding me of my love for Becky. I got preoccupied with it in my mind. Becky didn't die for me on the cross. 
Jesus did. And I ought to be so preoccupied with what He's done for me that me being preoccupied with His love, the love of Christ should preoccupy me. It should imprison me. It should control me. It should be like Jesus has the steering wheel of my life or the remote control of my life. And His love ought to compel me and it ought to compel you to reach out in the outflow and to do the kind of things that we're going to do next week. You might be wondering, why in the world would they ask me to do that? Why are they not doing church that Sunday morning? I won't get to hear as much music as normal, and, and you know, I won't get to hang around the coffee and the bagels and everything like that. Why in the world are they expecting me to come to church, go out and work through lunch? They might bring me a little sandwich to eat. Why are they expecting me to spend all my Sunday afternoon out doing something like that and then staying and hanging around in a concert till who knows what time that night? Why in the world should I do that. Can I answer it for you really quick? Because the love of Christ ought to constrain you. Because Jesus died for you on a cross. And if you'll remember what Jesus has done for you, you go and spend a Sunday afternoon for him is a drop in the bucket to everything that he's done for you. That's why we ought to have the mindset day in and day out of outflowing to touch the lives of others. We talked about outflow goals. There's also some outflow roles, outflow controls and outflow roles is what I want to close by talking to you about. First one is the role of actually being who you are. If you're in Christ, the Bible says you're a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new's come. The, the short of it, the reason I use that verse and say, as you go to outflow, you need to understand you've got the role of being a new creation is simply this. There is a lost world out there that needs to see you as a new creation. They don't need to see the old you. They need to see the new you that has Jesus in your heart and in your life. And as you go to outflow next week, those of you that are willing to go, or as you are inflowing inside the ministry of this church here, you need to remind yourself of something. You are bought and paid for with a price. You now belong to Jesus. Well, I read the verse earlier, you're not to live to yourself any longer. You're, you're now to live to him. And he's made you a new creation. So go out and live and act like a new creation because that's what the world needs to see. We also have this outflow role, the outflow role of reconciliation. This is why we ought to do everything that I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through 21. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of, of reconciliation. Jesus has something for you to do, something for me to do. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us 
the message of reconciliation. Not only do you have a ministry of reconciliation, you have a message of reconciliation that God has given you to share with a lost and dying world. Therefore, we are ambassadors. We're his representatives. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. And here's the message. Here's the appeal. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus, who was completely sinless and perfect. God the Father made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus, by faith in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That's the role. When you go outside this church next Sunday, not just this Sunday, think about it every time you're outside the walls of this church. You have a ministry of reconciliation and a message of reconciliation. What God did for you through Jesus, reconciling you and your sin to holy God to where you can be forgiven and have eternity with him. What God did for you, God wants to use you to help someone else be reconciled to God. So, next Sunday, it's not just about, here's some water, here's a clean windshield, let me push your cart. Let me give you a $5 gift card. Let me buy you gas. The real reason we're doing those things is because a lost and dying world needs to be reconciled to God. These little acts of kindness, it's just one method. It's one way. For us maybe to open somebody's old hard heart just a little bit. where we can help them understand that God loved them so much Jesus died on the cross for them. And that that person can be, can be reconciled. See, God reconciled you, but the work's not done. It's not about, I know Jesus as my Savior, Thank God for that. I know I'm going to heaven. Now, I'm just going to go to church every now and then. I'm going to sit in a chair, and I'm going to hang out. And one day when Jesus comes or I die, I get to go to heaven. That is true, but that's not all of it. The full story is, you have a ministry of reconciliation. You have a message of reconciliation. And he wants to use you to carry it outside the walls of this church to outflow to a lost world, for you to be his ambassador. Once again, the message is this. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Next Sunday, as you go outside and do whatever you do, God is wanting to make his appeal through you. He's wanting to use what you do and what you say to implore others to believe in Jesus Christ, to trust in the same Jesus that you've trusted in.
I said it earlier, but I want to close by saying it again. We're talking about inflow, outflow today. The more we inflow, the better equipped we are to outflow. The more we minister to each other, love each other, equip each other, the more you serve inside this place, better equips people to go outside this place and serve. And the more we go outside this place and serve and reach others and outflow to a lost world, as we reach them and bring them in, guess what needs to happen again? We need to inflow and disciple them so they can go outflow. It's like a never-ending Christian ministry merry-go-round that you don't get off of until one day Jesus comes to call you home. A never-ending cycle to where we inflow, outflow, inflow, outflow, inflow, outflow. You still have that sheet of paper I talked about earlier. Some of you may have filled it out and put it in the offering basket. That's perfectly fine if you did that. But if you still have it, part of the invitation today is for you to pull it out and look at it and ask God, God, what do you want me to do next Sunday? And if you still have that piece of paper, to flip it over on the other side to where it's blank. And if you understand that you're not inflowing the way you need to, and you're willing to find your place, your niche of ministry, what God's called you to, what God's equipped you to, to fit inside the body of this church, then write down that you're willing to inflow, write your name, your email, your cell phone number, whatever, and turn it in to the ushers before you leave. And we'll get it to Daryl, and he'll be in touch with you to try and help you find out how you need to serve. Being part of a body is really important. And, and I don't think people recognize that anymore. I think people too frivolously just think, well, I'll go to this church for a while and I'll go to that church for a while. And if I decide I don't like this particular Sunday or something they've done, then I'll just go over here. Or if there's not enough ministry happening to children or youth or whatever, I'll just, go, I'll just go somewhere else and look for it. I don't think that's what God intends. If God planted you in a church, He planted you with something that that church needs. Instead of you walking away and going and finding it somewhere else, you're to fulfill the role in that church and help make it stronger. Help make the ministry more effective. But people don't get that anymore. It's just they're not committed to anything. They'll just take off here and take off there. See, my hand's part of my body. I've never had my hand tell me, you know what, I'm just going to leave you. I'm just, I'm just going to take off somewhere. I'm going to be off here by myself. Or I decide I want to be a part of another body. I think it's a serious thing. I think God puts people in the church for a reason. You need to ask God what it is. Ask Him, what, what's my role, God? What hole can I fill inside this place and outside this place? Let's pray. Father, God, help us to love each other better, to serve each other better, to minister to each other better. Help us to understand that you've called us to be like a body, that that you're wanting us to be like a building, that we're to build each other up. 
Father, help us to do that. Help us to inflow. Help us to grow as we should. But Father, help us also to go outside the walls of this church. Not just on Outflow Sundays, but every time we're away from here. God, give us eyes to see and hearts to love. Hands and feet to do something to help someone else. Help us to understand you're calling us to outflow into the lives of others. Make us to be willing servants. Prisoners of your love. Responding in obedience to you. As we reach out to a lost world around us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.